Fellas, let me tell you something. That was a bad idea. My oh Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm sorry. That was fuck. Okay, I peaked the mic and then my dog started barking at me. That was awesome. Anyways, happy New Year, everybody. We are in January first, uh, of course, starting into 2023. Now people are saying that this year is giving off bad juju because it is an odd number. And to them, I say the first Transformers movie came out in 2007, so it obviously can't be that bad. Anyways. Hope you all had a wonderful new year. And if you didn't, if you're not ready to get into another year because the last one was horrible, well, think about this. The fact that you are here listening to this podcast means that you did the best possible thing you could ever do in a given year. And that is survive. So give yourself a pat on the back. You made it through another year. And if you think it's going to be another year of hell and torture, well, be a little more optimistic. Um, even though it is an odd number. Now, my New Year's, I have to talk about that, uh, New Year's Eve more specifically, was surprisingly fun. It was an amazing time. My uncle and his family came over, and in the 15 years that I have been around, I have never seen my mom and my uncle have more fun together than last night. Uh, you know, I, I talked about this earlier uh, in an earlier uh, podcast, probably. I mean, I hope I did because it was something I wanted to talk about. The whole like cyclical family fighting and how usually there's a lot of conflict between the siblings, like a mom or an uncle or a mom and an aunt and whatever. Um, but to see them have just a good time together and sing, they had the karaoke machine and they were singing mariachi songs that they had grown up with and they were dying laughing together and they were dancing and singing together. Um, and even my grandma, my usually stoic and disappointed grandmother was this time a happy grandmother and she was dying laughing at her kids having so much fun. And it was, it was an amazing heartwarming experience. And I'm really happy that they had that because it really just brought us all together. Um, and speaking of bringing people together, uh, that day or that night I posted on my story. God, that sounded so cocky. Speaking of pe bringing people together, um, your boy anyways, <laughs> um, uh, that night, I was feeling, I think because of the energy in that room or in the house and, you know, seeing my parents get along so well or my, my mom and my uncle finally get along so well and have so much fun together um, and, you know, act like a sister and a brother uh, who have been together for like, who have been, you know, sister and brother for like fucking 40 years. So, you know, you should have a strong bond with that person. Um, I, I think seeing that just, it, it made me, okay, I'm gonna be honest. It made me a little soft. Uh, I put on my story uh, something about, you know, celebrating, like, happy new story on Instagram. Like, something about, uh, you know, uh, New Year's and, you know, happy New Year's, whatever. I'm too lazy to put effects. So, I just, like, put, like, a black screen with a text box that said happy New Year's, whatever. And then after, I just kind of poured my heart out a little bit. And I was telling people that how much I appreciate them for being my friend and for being there. Because uh, something... That I've realized and that's something that I've been able to finally like put into words and describe is that I like people a lot and I really love my friends. I have really strong feelings for like everybody and people make my life fun and entertaining. Now, I can't say worth living because I have to be able to live without people um, and I don't need people to like, you know, live because that's that's dumb. That's like a whole thing my mom you know, had to drill into my head is that I, I don't need anybody else to be happy. But people do make me very happy. And my friends make me very happy. And I have very strong feelings with my friends. And I have very strong bonds with my friends. At least I do with them. If they don't with me, then 
you know, sucks to suck. I'll feel bad about it like once a month and then I'll flush out of my system. But I really love my friends and I let them do that on my story. And um, because I really do appreciate people. And, and something I've realized like now, especially in, okay, this is going to seem really specific, but households that are missing a parent aren't actually that high. In fact, only 39% of the, like in the U.S. of, of grades from grades one through 12, like only 39% live in homes absent of their, like of their dad or something. And if, if, if me talking about daddy issues is coming completely out of left field, trust me, this is, this is going to work out in the end. Um, 39%. That's, that doesn't seem like a lot, right? It's, it's like, it's the minority, right? 17.7 million out, out of, you know, what, how many 300 million that are in this country? Um, but the people, they're, they're concentrated in certain areas. And the high school I go to, there's a lot of absent fathers. In fact, I have an absent father, so I can, <laughs> I can kind of uh, uh, attest to that. Um, but because of that, an absent parent leads to less love growing up and people feeling like they deserve less love or people needing more love to you know, be happy with themselves and be happy with their lives. And I think that's really something that's missing in a lot of friendships is, is love, just platonic, friendly love. Because like I said before, we live in such an over-romanticized society that love is always equated to riz. And if you tell someone you love them, that is a W riz. And it is it is absolutely horrible. I, I don't know if I've already talked about W riz. Like, it's it's something people say when you are rizzing someone up or, like, flirting with them. So, like, you can be like, hey, girl, uh, nice uh, eyes. And then someone would be like, W riz. And it's fucking horrible because that is a thing that all my friends do. It got so bad to the point where I asked my teacher to go to the bathroom, and then from the back of the class, I heard, W-R-E-S! I will fucking kill you. I swear to God. I will strangle you until your eyes pop out of your side. Anyways, it's horrible. Like, you can be saving a girl from a burning building, and then somebody will be like, damn, W-R-E-S, dude. I'm like, shut the fuck up! Anyways, I peeked the mic. Um, What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Love is always equated to riz and flirting and getting somewhere, right? Reaching an end goal. And it can't just be used as something to, to, like, it can't be used as just something to be able to bond with people. Something you say so you can strengthen that bond with a person. And something that you say to your friends. Like, you can tell your friends you love them, bro. Like, if it's dude to dude, that shit ain't that gay. And if it is, who fucking cares? I love dudes. All of my best friends are men. Um, that is a lie, actually. For some reason, all my best friends are girls. I don't know why. I haven't... Oh, shit, I just realized that. What the fuck? Why are... Why are there no... Why are there no... Why why, why is there a lack of dudes in my DMs? What the fuck? Anyways, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, friends. We need to tell that... We need to tell people that we love them more. You need to tell your friends that you love them more. Because chances are, they don't get enough love. Um, so, you know... Get the get the weirdness out of your system and just build that confidence to say, hey, I love you. Thank you for being uh, my friend and thank you for giving me company um, because we really need to spread more of that. We really need more of it. There's a there is a lack. OK, especially in my school, like some people listen to this. Some people at my school listen to this podcast. And I got to say, dude, you guys need more of it and you guys deserve it. So 
I appreciate my friends, and I appreciate you all. And you know what? I appreciate you, random listener, listening to this podcast. Thank you for supporting me uh, with my 40-something listeners. Uh, Thank you for being here for me, and thank you for listening to me talk um, for no reason. But what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, when I posted that clarification on my story, that clarification that, yes, I do appreciate all of my friends and I do love all of you and I will always be in your corner when you need me. So just, you know, I'll be here. Um, it was it was met with surprise and it was like, oh, my God. Well, now there's no excuse to be like, oh, well, I thought you didn't care because, well, I said it to everybody. I said it to all of you that I care so, you know, it's not like you can be like, oh, well, I thought you didn't care. So I didn't put any effort in caring at all because I thought you were the first one. Fucking, there's none of that shit anymore. I said, I told everybody what was up. So now if it doesn't go both ways, then, you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, speaking of it, it is what it is. Uh, there's the feature on Instagram, right, where you can like heart the stories and it serves as a nice little feedback to how people are seeing, you know, whatever you posted. And of course, there was hearts flowing in w riz i'm sorry not w riz shut the fuck up (laughs) that was a joke um and uh this is kind of embarrassing to admit but uh when i was looking at like you know who saw the story and like making sure that people you know saw what i put on there so i didn't have to like individually tell people hey i appreciate you um like atheism leaving a person's body when the plane starts shaking all of the bubbliness and the softness left my soul and was replaced with a deep pit of anger and frustration and fuck you-ness when I saw at the bottom of the list the people who viewed my uh, person who viewed my story that didn't heart it and a, this person I try to be nice to all the time and they're an absolute asshole to me in return and they treat me like absolute dog water and I was thinking oh my god I just put this up publicly for them to see so then they can just judge me more and then talk more shit and see me as someone stupid and I thought about them thinking about me and then it just fucking spiraled out of control and then I was uh, no longer happy even though I was like 30 seconds ago now that is embarrassing to admit yes but uh, I tried my best to breathe through it and I tried my best to not give a fuck because earlier that day I was reading a book that a good friend got me uh, an alumni who graduated um like last year I, I met them when they were in their senior year and I was in my freshman year they got me a book for as a Christmas present called uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck a counterintuitive approach to living a good life by Mark Manson uh and I will read the sleeve of this book because it will describe it better than you know I ever could um because I suck at being able to make my own thoughts uh and come to my own conclusions uh, as is you know mostly everybody anyways <clears throat> For decades, we've been told that positive thinking is the key to a happy, rich life. But those days are over. Fuck positivity, Mark Manson says. Let's be honest. Sometimes things are fucked up and we have to live with it. For the past few years, Manson, via his wildly popular blog, has been working on correcting our delusional expectations for ourselves and for the world. He now brings his hard-fought wisdom to this groundbreaking book. Manson makes the argument, backed by both academic research and well-timed poop jokes, that improving our lives hinges not on our ability to turn lemons into lemonade, but our ability to better stomach lemons. Human beings are flawed and limited. As he writes, not everybody can be extraordinary. There are winners and losers in society, and some of it is not fair or your fault. 
Manson advises us to get to know our limitations and accept them. This, he says, is the real source of empowerment. Once we embrace our fears, faults, and uncertainties, once we stop running from and avoiding and start confronting painful truths, we can, be, can, we can begin to find the courage and confidence we desperately seek. And this book... I absolutely adore and really jive with and I think everybody would do better uh, in their lives reading because not only does it give the definition of what it really means to not give a fuck uh, but it also shows you know the benefits to what it can do to not give a fuck uh, now by speaking of uh, not am I saying the F word a lot in this segment yes of course so uh, I, I apologize but you know when the title of the book has it then you assume it's going to happen a lot of times uh he does give definitions or more specifically kind of hones in on what it means to not give a fuck uh the subtleties to it like for some for example not giving a fuck does not mean being indifferent right and not caring about something it means being comfortable with being different you do not care that you are going to be judged and you do not care that you're going to face backlash and you're going to face challenges like he gives an example that a family friend stole a lot of money from his mom and had he been indifferent and not given a fuck in that way then he would have just shrugged his shoulders and just like been like well better luck next time ma you snoozed, you lose, you know? Um, but instead, he didn't give a fuck in that he wasn't afraid of the challenges uh, that he could face by going after the person that stole his mom's money. So he was like, no, we're going to lawyer up and we're going to ruin this guy's life because he did not give a fuck about the adversity and the challenge. Um, and another subtlety he gives is to not give a fuck about adversity. You must first give a fuck about something more important than adversity. Can we not care about anything in our lives? Absolutely not. It is rooted in our biology for us to care about something, for something to trigger our emotions no matter how hard we want them to uh, want them not to be triggered. Uh, there is going to be something that is rooted in our systems that is going to set us off, right? And it's all about caring about the right things. Like he gives an ex he gives another example that uh uh, about an elderly lady, you know, the, the, that one elderly lady that screams at a uh, cashier shop, a cat, a cashier shop. Ah, yes, my favorite. They sell cashiers. Um, a uh, at a cashier, you know, like yelling him for not accepting the thirty cent coupon. Well, the reason why this lady gives a fuck about the thirty cent coupon is because she has nothing else to give a fuck about. As he puts it, she's old and lonely. Her kids are dickheads and never visit. She hasn't had sex in over thirty years. She can't fart without extreme lower back pain. Her pension is on its last legs, and she's probably going to die in a diaper, thinking she's in Candyland. So, all she has to give a fuck about is coupons. So, in order for us to actually be ready to face the challenges that can come with, you know, whatever we want to do or come that come with being different, we have to learn to give a fuck about something, the things that matter, instead of placing them on things that don't really matter that much. Like, for example, like just family and, you know, your friends and being good to your friends and making sure that they're okay and everything's okay with them. And that's how you can start to care less about the challenges that come with everyday life. You can care less about what other people think of you when you do something because the thing you care about is your family they what it what other people think of you and how people judge you has nothing to do with your family but that is the thing you give a fuck about and the third subtlety he gives is that whether you realize it or not you are always choosing what to give a fuck about and he gives another example people aren't just born not giving a fuck in fact we're born giving way too many fucks Ever watch a kid cry his eyes out because his hat is in the wrong shade of blue? 
Exactly. Fuck that kid. When we're young, everything is new and exciting, and everything seems to matter so much. Therefore, we give tons of fucks. We give a fuck about everything and everyone, about what people are saying about us, about whether that cute boy slash girl called us back or not, about whether our socks match or not, or what color our birthday balloon is. And he talks about like how we get older with the benefit experience. We realize that the things we used to care about or care so much about and let uh, let get to us so much don't really matter much in the long run, right? Like what matters is our relationships with people, is finding that better job, is f- building those bonds with other people, not what color your birthday balloon is, balloon is. So as we get older and we gain that maturity and we put less emotion into things that don't matter that much, we have to then take our fucks and put them into something else, right? Because now we are conscious of that decision and we are conscious of, oh, I'm giving a shit too I'm giving too I'm giving a shit too much. I'm <laughs> I'm shitting and farting too much. Oh no. Um we have to take our shits and our fucks and we take them out of this thing and we put them in another thing because uh we have gained the maturity to be like I'm putting too much emotion into this. Let's focus on this more. And I haven't read fully through the book, but uh once I do, I will then be passing it out to everybody I know because everybody I know needs to learn to not give a fuck as much. So, yeah, wonderful book, and it really just hones in on everything that I've been kind of wanting to uh, get across, uh, especially with this podcast and uh, the things, like, the, the segments where I talk about the um, the realities of, you know, being a teenager and the people around us and whatever. Anyways, good book. It's great. Wonderful. Everyone should read it. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. Um, so I'm ready to go into this new year giving less of a shit, especially about what people think of me. So to the one person that doesn't like me, that probably saw my story and judged me even harder and was like, oh, what the hell is this kid doing? It's stupid uh, for being such a softie. Um, go fuck yourself. Sorry, I was aggressive. I apologize. Anyways, uh, things are going to be changing with this podcast. Um, the purpose of this podcast, of course, was to serve as a, a, an eye-opening piece of entertainment about the teenage experience and about how we process the world around us and how we see the world around us. Um, but something I've realized is that I can only offer so much of the teenage experience and a lot of my friends have more of the teenage experience or had more of the teenage experience, um, than I have mostly because they're actually the ones that get invited to parties. Um, now the most eye-opening and entertaining parts of my life and the parts that I hold near and dear to my heart, uh, have been conversations with my friends. And so to be able to capture that and use that as a form of eye-opening entertainment that will showcase the, you know, the teenage experience, I feel is going to serve a better purpose uh, than just me talking into a microphone for 30-something minutes. So from now on to after this episode, episodes are going to be longer. But every week, I am going to be having a new guest on the show. And it'll be as much of a conversation as it is an interview because other people have lives that showcase the teenage experience more than I do. And they have lives that are stories that want need to be told. So every week it's going to be a new guest and we're going to talk, have a conversation, friendly conversation. It'll be hopefully entertaining as shit um, as much as it'll be eye-opening because we're going to have a segment that is dedicated to a part of their life that is something that everybody could learn from and something that serves as as the eye-opener, right, to the teenage experience. If I can take a shot every time I say teenage experience or eye-opener, 
for legal reasons, that is a joke. Ozuma's diary does not condone alcohol consumption while you're listening to this podcast. I actually don't give a shit. Anyways, uh, so from being in the foster system to uh, stress about college to daddy issues, we should be leaving that conversation and you should be leaving this episode or leaving that episode being a little happier, but at the end of the day, learning something that you didn't know beforehand. Now, New Year, 10th episode. Uh, with a lot of the conversations that I'm going to have with my friends, there's obviously going to be mentions that uh, aren't going to be like known. There, there are You aren't going to have context to a lot of the things uh, that we're going to be talking about. So I thought I'd provide context to one thing that might come up. Let me tell you guys something. This year was wonderful for me. Or last well, last year now. Last year was wonderful for me. I ended it better than I started it. And I really progressed as a person. And I really... Oh my god. My sister is... <sighs> I do not give a fuck. It's fine. You do not care. It's okay. Think about something better to give a fuck about. Anyways. I ended it differently than I started it. One way I ended it differently... Uh, was that, well, at the beginning of the year, I was taken. At the end of the year, I was single as fuck. Um, so I'm gonna tell you guys the story of the first legitimate girlfriend, and how after eight months, it completely erupted and blew up into smithereens. Now, that relationship was as much of a learning experience as it was a relationship. Um, now, uh, when I say learning experience, I mean that in multiple regards. Um... I had just come out of, let me tell you, it was, it started off as a relationship between two insecure and broken people who rushed into things and who then tried to fit each other into holes that we did not fit in. That came out, oh my god, that, pause, pause, stop, that, that's not what I mean, that's not what I mean, wait, okay, stop, anyway, fuck, shit, ah, what was I saying? Okay, we tried to... Fuck, you know what I mean. Like, we, we tried to make each other people that we weren't. Anyways. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Eight months. Uh, it was bad. Uh, it was... I have um, absolutely no hate in my heart for her. Uh, I absolutely adored her. And uh, I will not d d slander her in any way. It was, it was awesome. It was an amazing experience. Um, but it just wasn't right. It wasn't going to work out in the end anyways, because we, we just weren't the right people for each other, you know? And as well, she had nothing to do with this. Her family was horrible. Her family was controlling. Her family was psychologically abusive and her family was extremely narcissistic. And as I'm sure other people can attest to that or can attest to dating someone who has a family like that is horrible because you put a burden on yourself you put their burden on your shoulders. You wake up every morning wanting to spend time with that person and wanting to bond with that person, but you can't because they don't let them do anything. But you know, when I had met her, it, it, it was kind of the definition of rushing into things. She had texted me the afternoon of Christmas Eve and she asked me out of completely nowhere, hey, do you want to go to Winter Haven? Uh, Winter Haven was uh, an, an event near my neighborhood. It happens every Christmas. It's like this neighborhood that absolutely goes batshit insane with Christmas decorations. Uh, and so then they will sell tickets to come see the absolutely insane Christmas decorations. Um, afternoon, like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I had already settled. Like everyone was already tired. Everyone was eating, having dinner. Um, and so I was like, hmm, 
would it be really dumb to rush into this, especially since the last girl, her boyfriend, threatened to shoot me, uh, and she lied to me about being in a relationship. That is a story for another time. But anyways, I'm thinking, should I rush into this? Yeah, fuck it. At least I'm aware. Um, so I tried to convince my mom, I actually successfully convinced my mom, uh, to let me go to Winter Haven last minute for this girl. But in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get clowned on. I'm not being a clown. I'm fine. I'm aware that this is possibly a stupid idea. But you know what? At least there'll be pretty lights and I can be there for the lights. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was, I was clowning uh, very hard. So I show up to Winter Haven and uh, I didn't even see her the entire time because she didn't tell her family that she had tried to invite me and she didn't even think that I was going to show up. So she couldn't get her family to stop and wait for me. So I never saw her the entire time. My entire reason for going uh, did not come to fruition. So I tried my best to not look stupid and to not look like an absolute clown speed walking through the neighborhood trying to find her. So I was like, oh, yeah, such cool lights, such cool. Where the fuck is she? Oh, my God. Did she go left or right? Oh, my goodness. Look, that's Jesus. Um, so, yeah, it was it was it was it was bad. It was kind of embarrassing. But one spawn from that was a great eight month long relationship. Now, uh, I'm, you can already tell how this is going to end up. Uh, especially since I, I have a, I put a time on that relationship. I did not say relationship. I said eight-month relationship. Um, let me tell you, uh, teenagers, we are teenagers who haven't experienced a lot. Uh, we have the self-control. This is entirely my bad. We have the self-control of a fucking fish. Now, uh, when I do I say it like fucking fish or do I say it like a fucking fish? Well, you can it, – it, it's both. It's, it's everything. It was, it was bad. Um, a part of, I mean, I'm not entirely blaming it on this, but a part of that was also from, I feel like when you don't let your child do things, then they tend to like do whatever they can that brings them enjoyment. So like if they can't do the things that normally bring them enjoy that enjoyment, then they do other things that bring them enjoy. Anyways, uh, we did some stuff that we probably weren't supposed to, um, also, by the way, uh, I can't, I don't know if you guys can tell the difference, uh, but we were, um, I got a, I got a little pot filter for my microphone. It's basically like this foam comb that you put over the microphone. So it's to prevent like popping noises, pop, popping noises, or it's supposed to filter out background noise or, um, you know, like air blowing through it, like, like that. Um, obviously it's not working that well from the fact that you can hear my sister, but you know what? It's fine. It is what it is. Um, so my microphone, you just have to like slip it on like, um, like, uh, yeah, but it's, it's, you just slip it on. <sighs> my microphone has a condom now. Always use protection. Speaking of using protection, one of the things that we probably shouldn't have done ended up in me being in the line at Walmart with a bag of Reese's in my one hand and a box of plan B in another. Did you know? that they electronically protect Plan B. It's in this, like, little video game case that they have to manually... You have to give it to the cashier, and you have to manually click it open with a little beeper thing. So, I'm in the line. I... I do not care. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Calm down. Um, I'm sitting there, standing there, with a bag of Reese's Pieces in front of a box of Plan B, 
and right before I get, they go to check me out, a cashier from behind me goes, Oh, I can see that for you, and grabs the box from my hand and pulls it out in the most obvious manner ever. And there was a couple uh, in front of in front of me, in front of us. My my girlfriend was with me uh, at the time, um, in front of me. Uh, and the why the girl looked over and saw her pulling the box of Plan B from my hand, and then she started to laugh. Like, she started to, like, chortle, and she covered her mouth and everything, and then her, her, her significant other was like, whoa, whoa, what happened? And she's like, nothing. And I looked at my girlfriend, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it is kind of funny, though. Let, let's, let's be real. It is kind of funny. Um, and so she, yeah, I, I tried to hide it behind the Reese's Pieces, and no, it was not, it was at least, not hide it. I wasn't going to fucking steal it. You can't open the box if you steal it. I was at least trying to make it not as obvious, uh. Until I got to the cashier. But obviously, uh, the cashier had other plans, but they opened it and everything worked out. Anyways, we ate some shit. Self-control of a fucking fish. Let me tell you. Um, and uh, everything fell apart halfway through sophomore year. Not even halfway through sophomore year. First quarter of sophomore year. Uh, she does her chores weekly. Um, she did her chores. Uh, she does her chores every Monday, or they at least they want her to do them every Monday. But one day... She was like, you know what? I would not like to do my chores Monday. I would not like to do my chores Monday. I would like to do them Friday. I'll do them Friday. And I'll, you know, she she is uh, at least responsible in that regard that if she says she's going to do something later, she actually does it later. Um, but uh, her parents did not like the fact that she did not do her chores Monday, even though she said she was going to do them Friday. So they took her phone, they took her computer, and they took literally everything uh, that runs on electronics. Um, and that obviously includes things that I use to communicate with her. Now, um, I obviously wanted to make sure that I could stay in touch with her. Um, so like over, especially over long distances. So instead of hearing about things that happened the day before at school, um, I could, you know, know when things actually happen and it was just to stay in touch. So, uh, in, in my, uh, immense amounts of genius, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a Google doc. Because we, you know, they didn't take away her school Chromebook because she needed that for school. I'm going to make a Google Doc and I'm going to send it to her. So then we can at least stay in touch. You know, it's not going to be like our personal DMs. It's just going to be a, okay, this happened. It's, it's going to be, everything's going to have value to it, right? Every conversation is going to be us telling each other something that's important. And it's just like, it's like emergency communications or whatever, just to have it there. Um, and then it turned into uh, 40 pages of our personal DMs. Uh, and, um, okay, we were not sexting on the school Chromebook, okay? I can, I can, <laughs> I can tell, I can tell you all that. We were not, we were not, we were not opening up, we were not sexting on the Google Doc, all right? We were not doing that. But uh, what we did do is we did talk about some of the stuff that we did that we probably weren't supposed to and um i'm sure much to your surprise uh the school flagged it because they have a system that will detect vulgarity in a uh google doc and let me tell you there was vulgarity once again we were not sexting on the google doc okay we were we were discussing it in a healthy way of of the, of the stuff we were talking about it right we were i Anyways, this, it gets flagged, and uh, next thing I know, I get called up to the principal's office, the, the disciplinarian of the principal, which is this, this 60-year-old 
70 year old this one ancient super mean cold lady that i don't think has ever felt joy uh at least for the past 30 or 40 years she's scary man it's bad um she calls me into the office she's like hey um so our uh our system flagged a a document a 40 page document uh that you seem to have shared with another person probably your your girlfriend um and uh she said and i quote there's some pretty nasty stuff on here uh and she asked me, like, are your parents aware of some of the stuff you guys seem to be doing? And I and I told her, um, uh, I told her, uh, hey, 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 I did not answer the question, yes or no. Um, but uh, one thing leads to another as, as you know, how, how we got into the situation into the first place. One thing leads to another, and we get a call home to our parents, both of our parents. Now, when I said that her parents were horrible, I was not... Uh, saying that um i was not saying that lightly um in any regard uh the that day that i got called up to the principal's office when the school day ended i i walked her to the buses you know i, I always do just to say goodbye and she looked at me and she went we're fucked and i was like okay yeah you know what we'll figure this out it'll be fine and i gave her a hug and i she got on the bus this was on thursday or this was on uh wednesday i believe and uh I never saw or heard from her ever again. She didn't go to school Thursday, and uh, I was so stressed out that I didn't go to school Friday either. And I then got a three-day suspension from school. The legal reason is for inappropriate use of a Chromebook. But we all know the real reason. Anyways, her parents homeschooled her. Uh, they took her out of the school and they homeschooled her, and I, it was the, I can say the absolute worst weekend of my life, because I wasn't sure if they were gonna, like, suspend me, or if they were gonna expel me, or if I was gonna be labeled some sex offender, or I didn't know if, like, what she told them, so apparently, when, uh, my girlfriend, uh, my, my, I guess I have to call her an ex now, when my ex was, had that meeting with the, uh, with the disciplinary, uh, disciplinarian with her parents, um, the offense was the inappropriate use of a Chromebook. They never had any evidence that we actually did the stuff that we talked about because it was just talking. For all they knew, it was just fantasy. Once again, we were not sexting on the Google Doc. And apparently, without even asking, she, my, my uh, ex, told the uh, disciplinarian everything that we did and where Without being asked to. The offense was that there was inappropriate use of a school document. And then she just said all that stuff out of nowhere and completely threw me under the bus. So did that kind of lessen the pain of the fact that, uh, you know, there was absolutely zero closure to this relationship. And it just completely blew up uh, in my face. Um, yeah, it did. But it also hurt even more because it was like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, without being asked to. She told me when I had the meeting with my parent and the disciplinarian, the disciplinarian was like, yeah, I didn't even ask her to. She kind of just told me. So that was really great. Um, and yeah, then I never saw or heard from her ever again. Uh, and she's now being homeschooled. And uh, last to my knowledge, she moved. So, yeah. Obviously, my mom was devastated um, at the fact that her she didn't even want to read the document. Um it was just, it wasn't all that, okay? It was just, there was brief mentions of um, some stuff that we did. Um, she was actually absolutely devastated. She told me, 
I don't know where I went wrong. She looked me in the eyes and was like, I, I don't know what I did wrong. That this is this I don't know where you went wrong, actually. So that was cool. So now the best thing I can do is just show that I improved from that uh scenario and that I will do better next time, which is why I'm not rushing into any relationships and I am not letting my emotions uh dictate my actions. Now am I saying that I am this horny with everybody? No, I'm not. It was case specific. We it was two people, broken people that were like, "Hey, let's do this," and it just amplified and absolutely blew up out of proportion. So, uh, if a future girlfriend is listening to this, just know I'm 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 chilling. Okay, I that is not indicative of who I am as a person at all. And I am saying this like it's an alibi, but uh, <laughs> yeah. It's. I think the more I say, the digger hole I, I dig myself in. But yeah, um, I uh, we were just uh, we we did some stuff we weren't supposed to, uh, and then we literally said everything that we did on a Google document uh, that was supervised by the school, and then everything absolutely erupted. Um, but it was it was for the better. I I think it it would have ended up much worse than how it actually ended up. Um. And I, I paid my penance, and I made my forgiveness, and I felt absolutely horrible um, about it. But along the way, I I learned a lot. I learned self-control, and I gained maturity from the situation. Um, so while, uh, you know, I my mom was my mom was really devastated by it in the moment. Now it's you know something we can laugh about, some stupid shit that I did. Um, and I I'm not proud of it in any way. I'm not proud of anything that I did in any way. I feel guilty about it, but now I learned, I, I, I know the value to it now. I burned my hand on that hot plate, so now I'm not going to touch the hot plate again, you know? I, I had to fuck around and find out, <laughs> and I definitely found out, so yeah, I've already, I've already apologized. I've already said sorry to the universe, to my mom, to everybody, and uh, now we can laugh about it, because honestly, that shit is pretty funny. Fucking school monitored Google Doc. Holy shit. And, uh, yeah, while my mom, uh, now is aware that I am a bit of, of, of a menace, um, what I can do to win back that trust, um, and to show her that I actually learned from this experience is by just doing better in the future. So that's all I can do. Um, so, mom, if you're listening, hi, I love you. Trust me, you didn't do anything wrong. I just had to burn my hand on that hot plate. Anyways. I can now say this legitimately in the future as well. I am your lovely, gracious host, Ed Batiz, and I have made my entry into Mizuma's Diary. And join us next week where hopefully I can bring a guest in where we can talk about the foster care, shitty caseworkers, and um, hair pulling is friendly, right? It, it, it can be friendly. I swear to God, it's my way of saying hello. <laughs>